You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Well, good afternoon to everybody. Thank you for uh, joining me today. And uh, I know everybody was watching the election returns last night, and uh, Trump scored big and Hillary scored big. So it looks right now like those may be the two nominees for president. And, you know, as you know, I'm as executive director of the United States Justice Foundation. I can't endorse any candidate for president. But I can't say who I don't want, and who I don't want is any, any Democrat, particularly Hillary Clinton. I mean, you know, it, it's you have to look at what the Democratic Party these days stands for. And on my blog, at, uh, and you can go to the page website on America's Web Radio to get the link to my blog, but my blog is at com. And I posted a new article just a couple of days ago called The Democrat Platform. And it basically shows, well, I started off by pointing out that the two choices for the Democratic nominee for president right now are a committed socialist who was a big fan of the Soviet Union, the Communist Soviet Union when it existed, and he wants to turn the United States into a socialist state and, of course, socialism has failed everywhere in the world has been tried for the last hundred years. Now, interestingly, when I posted this article on Facebook, some idiot came on there and started calling me names and said, obviously, I was educated in Texas and therefore didn't understand how wonderful socialism was in Denmark and Sweden and other Scandinavian countries. Well, to begin with, they are not fully socialist countries. They have very high taxes in places like Sweden and very high welfare benefits. But they also have a, all of this is supported by a free market economy. There's almost no government regulation of businesses in Sweden or Denmark for that matter. In the case of Denmark and Finland, they also have very small immigrant populations. In fact, Finland has just basically stood up and said, we're not accepting any Middle Eastern immigrants into our country. We're not going to do it. So they don't have the big welfare payouts to those people. But the key factor is is that the former Prime Minister of Sweden has come out and said outright, it turns out socialism in Sweden has been a total failure. So you have the Democrats out there like Bernie Sanders, because he keeps bringing this up how wonderful things are in Sweden, how wonderful things are in Denmark. Yet, what he wants to do to this country is much worse than what's happening there. He wants to adopt the Soviet Union model, which is not socialism per se, it's communism. And that means not only does the government control all aspects of the economy, but the government completely controls the people. It eliminates the rights to free speech, eliminates free elections, eliminates freedom of religion, freedom of the press, the right to keep and bear arms, and certainly be one of the first things to go. So that's on the one hand, that's one choice the Democrats want to offer us. The other choice is a career criminal. Hillary Clinton ought to be in jail. She and Bill should have been in jail years ago. They are both chronic liars. Hillary seems incapable of telling the truth about anything. 
she's one of those people that will lie even when the truth would serve her better. She got Americans killed at Benghazi and then lied about it. She has lied about the server situation with her emails, her private emails, that contained, she said, no classified material. It turned out at least 2,000 emails contained classified material that could be a threat to our country and to our intelligence gathering and to our national security. So those are the two choices the Democrats are offering. Basically, the Democratic platform is a list of left-wing fantasies. One of the things I point out, the first thing I point out is they want to destroy the Second Amendment right under the Constitution for us to keep and bear arms. And they're beginning with the disarming of 23 million American veterans and now the disarming of Social Security recipients. And I'm going to talk more about that later because there's been a, a bill filed in the United States Senate to try to block the situation with the Social Security Administration. Then they also want to destroy the First Amendment right to freedom of speech and replace it with these Orwellian concepts of political correctness that essentially means that free speech only exists for those that agree with left-wing ideology. They're base supporters in their platform of the LGBT community. They want to deny the rights of Christians who disagree with things like gay marriage. They want to take away the rights of Christians to disagree and to exercise their freedom to object because of their religious beliefs. And that means not just refusing to do business with gay couples in a gay marriage situation, but also even say anything bad about them versus disagree in public. I mean, we have the city council of San Antonio, Texas, which is run by a bunch of leftists. The mayor down there, uh, Castro, may very well be Hillary's vice presidential nominee. Well, he was mayor. He put up a bill which was passed by the city council, which basically said, if you are a Christian and you do not believe in gay marriage, you can no longer do business with the city of San Antonio. You cannot be employed by the Senate of San Antonio. And here's the real kicker. You can't even run for office in the city of San Antonio. You can't run for city council. You can't run for mayor. Now, that flies in the face of the constitutional provision that says that no religious test can be used in whether or not to allow somebody to run for public office. No religious test. But according to the liberal Democrats, religious tests can be used. Not if you're a Muslim. I mean, if you're Muslim, you can basically do and say whatever you want. If you're black, you can basically do and say whatever you want. It all depends on your race and religion. If you're Christian, if you're white, if you're, you know, then you, you have restraints. If you're not gay, you have restraints. They also, of course, one of the big deals over the last couple of weeks in the news cycles, has been the left, and this is what the Democrats believe in, coming out and supporting the so-called right 
of transgender individuals who want to use the bathroom of their choice to be able to go, men to go in women's bathrooms. Despite the objections of Americans who believe that they are entitled to the right to privacy, we have the National Basketball Association attacking a state in the United States for daring to consider outlawing transgenders from going to the bathroom of their choice. Now think about this. You're a mother. You have a little girl, or more than one little girl. You take them into a women's restroom. The next thing you know, some man comes in dressed as a woman and all of a sudden exposes himself to your little girls. According to the Democratic Party, he has a legal right to do so. We've already had an incident here in Texas in a Walmart where a man was doing this, exposing himself to little girls young girls in a women's bathroom and harassing them. Target has recently announced its policy that all the bathrooms in Target are open to any, any gender that wants to use them. Despite the fact that they have family bathrooms that are set up specifically to be gender neutral. But then they have men's bathrooms and women's bathrooms. The target here is women. You know, the Democrats are all always big on, well, the Republicans hate women. The Republicans are targeting women. The target here is women. The target here is to let men who want to expose themselves to women and little girls, let them have a legal and constitutional right, supposedly, to do this. Target says it's fine by them. Well... I haven't shopped at Target for years. Certainly will never do so now. And I encourage my listeners out there to not only not shop at Target, but to contact them and tell them you're not going to shop at Target. Tell them that you're going to encourage your friends and neighbors not to shop at Target. This is a favorite tactic used by the, the left, particularly the LGBT community, to economically publish punish anybody who disagrees with them. Well, here it's not just a matter of disagreement. Here it's a, it's a matter of violating the right to privacy of individuals and turning over to the transgender community, which is three-tenths of one percent of the population, giving them constitutional rights to expose themselves. Give me a break. What does that have to do with the Constitution? Where in the Constitution do the Founding Fathers mention transgender rights? For that matter, where do they even use the word marriage? That was not supposed to be federally controlled. We have a bunch of Supreme Court justices that decided that it would be under federal control. The federal, federal government, including the Supreme Court, can come out now and make new laws on its own. They don't have to go through Congress. They don't have to be signed into law by the president. 
the Supreme Court, five justices, five unelected justices of the Supreme Court, decided to find a new constitutional right for a small percentage of the population. Of course, another big platform part of the or part of the platform of the Democrats is to protect abortion at all costs, and particularly particularly protect the abortion providers like Planned Parenthood. Protect them so that they can continue to kill innocent unborn children, even up to the point of late-term abortions. Abortions that can occur during birth. The Democrats, you know, that's fine by them, too. And also to protect Planned Parenthood's right, quote-unquote, to dismember the unborn children they're aborting. Sometimes while these children are still alive, before they've even died, they're dismembering them and selling the body parts. And the Democrats are fine with this. Hillary Clinton's fine with this. Bernie Sanders is fine with this. Most of the national news media is fine with this. The question is, are the majority of the American people fine with this? I don't think that's the case. And there's a lot more that the Democrats are coming up with in a lot more areas where I think that the vast majority of the American people are going to disagree with what the Democrats are espousing here. Because they are no longer concerned with the rights of most Americans. They are concerned with their constituency and getting free stuff for people keeps them voting Democrat. And if Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders or any other Democrat is elected in November, we're basically going to see continuation of Obama's policies. In the case of Hillary Clinton, there'll be a continuation of Obama's policies on steroids. Let's take our first break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. 
Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Well, let's go back to the Democrat platform for a few minutes and talk about it, because, again, this is in my article. All these are outlined in my article at uh, www.michaelconnelly.com. And number six in the Democrat platform, I point out, is the big push to force private employers to give unskilled workers a minimum wage of $15 per hour, despite the fact that this will this will cause many people to lose their jobs because a lot of small businesses, particularly fast food places, can't afford to pay $15 an hour. Their profit is margin is not big enough to sustain that. And so either they will have to lay off people or they'll have to eventually shut down, which causes even more people to lose their jobs. But that's no biggie for the Democrats. I mean, there are millions of people unemployed in this country, and the Democrats could care less. In fact, the more people that are unemployed and have to rely on the government for support, the better off the Democrats feel they are, because these are people that rely on the government for their livelihood and therefore will always vote for the people that are going to give them that livelihood, and that's the Democrats. This issue personally irritates me no end, because they've already ordered the minimum wage be increased for most federal employees. And Bernie would bring it up to $15 an hour, and Hillary would do the same, uh, but a little more gradually. But there's an exception to the federal employees that would get this increase. The exception is the military. In the U.S. Army right now, a private, whether newly enlisted or even with a couple years' experience, makes less than $9 per hour. Now, that's if you consider them working 40-hour weeks, which if they're on a base in the United States, they probably are working 40-hour weeks, although they're lucky if they're not pulling guard duty and things like that additionally. If they're overseas in combat situations, they're working 24-7. They're always on call. There is no 40-hour work week. So those guys and girls are probably making 4 or $5 an hour when you break it down. A sergeant in the United States Army with four or five years of experience is making less than $13 an hour. 
These are the people out there who are putting their lives on the line for us. They're living in hardship situations. Now, this pay used to be supplemented, this base pay, used to be supplemented by quite a few perks, like commissary privileges, where they could get groceries at about 30% less than they would pay off base at a regular grocery store. And they would get housing subsidies. Some of that they still have, if they have a family. But for a regular private in the military who eats in the mess halls, yeah, they get food, although they have to, in some cases, pay for it. But the subsidies for families are being cut in benefits, like the commissary privileges. Basically, they close most of the commissaries overseas that the military has. And they were trying to close them here in the States. Recreational facilities have been closed down in most bases. There are no longer swimming pools where soldiers can take their, their children to swim. A lot of the perks that existed when I was in the Army are no longer there. So the base pay is not going up because the last couple of years, Obama has basically stopped any major raises in pay for military personnel. So they're demoralizing our U.S. military by cutting pay and benefits for our soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines. And they're turning the military from an elite fighting force to an entity for social experimentation. Take the recent decision to open up all military units, combat units, to having women in them. Now, some people will say, well, you know, let's, why not give the women a chance? Well, here's the problem, one of the problems. Number one, it has already been proven by the Marines that experimented with this for several years. They put women and men in the same combat units, combat squads, infantry squads. They ran them through a series of, of tests. And consistently, the units that consisted entirely of men outperformed the units that consisted of a combination of men and women. The conclusion was that having men and women in the same combat unit, in the same situation, endangers all of the soldiers in that situation, or all the Marines. Then you have a poll that was recently conducted showing that 98, or 92%, excuse me, 92% of the women in the military do not want to be in combat units. Yet under this new policy of Ash Carter and Obama, they're not going to have a choice. It's not a matter of opening up these units so that women can volunteer to be in them. Women can now be forced to be in them. They can be transferred to them. And they want to do this because they want to make sure that enough women get into these units so they can declare that this experiment was a success. Because if you only got 90, you got 92% of the women in the military who don't want to do this, then you're going to have a tough time claiming it's a successful program. Because only a few women are going to try out for things like the Navy SEALs or the Green Berets. 
and most of them, because of physical limitations, will fail. Anyway, they have recently about 100 women that tried to go through Army Ranger School, and only two of them ultimately made it through the training. So, you know, we got 2%. Well, 2% of the 8% of women in the military who want to be in these roles means that there will be almost none that will actually make it into it. So they're going to forcefully transfer women into roles that they don't want to be in. So what that is ultimately going to do is reduce the number of women in the military. This is part of the social experimentation in the military. That also includes chaplains being disciplined for daring to come out and oppose gay marriages, for refusing to preside over gay marriages in the military. Soldiers being banned from wearing any religious insignia, such as a cross. Except, of course, if you're a Muslim. And then you can wear the head piece if you want to. You can grow a beard if you're a Muslim male you want to. Whereas no other soldiers can do that. No Christian soldiers certainly can't do that. Now the Citadel in Virginia, the military academy, has a woman who has joined the Citadel, enrolled, and wants to be in the Corps of Cadets, and she wants to be allowed to wear traditional Muslim garb instead of a uniform, to wear that over her uniform so that she will be more modest. Basically wear a the headpiece, the job. And the Citadel is seriously considering doing this, despite the objection of alumni, despite the objection of members of the Corps, cadets. All this is part of the political correctness in the military. Another thing the Democrats are doing and will continue to do is maintain the policy of putting the lives of our military personnel at unnecessary risk so that they will have to fight a politically correct war against Islamic terrorism. Over 50%, and we hear the Obama administration talking about, oh, we were launching all these airstrikes against ISIS. Well, we're not launching many airstrikes against ISIS to begin with. They are launching maybe just a couple a day in some cases, an average of only about eight or ten a day. Fifty percent of those strikes never take place. They never drop their bombs. They never fire a shot. Why? Because they can't get clearance from the White House to attack the target, even if it's a known ISIS target, even if they have it pinpointed, even if they can pinpoint bomb the target. Because if there are any civilians living within miles of that area, the White House will not approve the strike. They don't want to risk so-called collateral damage. But they'll put our troops at risk. And they've been doing this with rules of engagement in places like Afghanistan. 
where American soldiers have died because they could not get fire support when attacked by the Taliban. A squad of eight Marines a few years ago was surrounded by 200 Taliban fighters up in the hills around them. They were pinned down, the eight Marines were. They called for air support and artillery strikes. They were told they could not, the White House would not clear that. To begin with, what is the White House? Anybody at the White House, there's nobody in the White House, as far as I know, that has any military experience or background whatsoever. <laughs> what are they doing deciding whether or not to clear or approve airstrikes for our military? It's utterly absurd. But these eight Marines were told, you have to prove that nobody in that crowd of 200 people is a civilian. Well, they're up there shooting at our men. But then they were told, you have to make sure all of them have weapons. If any of them don't have a weapon, then we can't order the strike. Well, these Marines were pinned down. They were being shot at. How were they supposed to determine that everybody had a weapon? Bottom line, no artillery support was authorized, no airstrike came in, the Marines died. Let's take our second break now. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Whether cruising the strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
Okay, well, folks, we have a uh, little technical problem, I'm afraid. Uh, we Somehow in the uh, whatever, we, we've we lost Michael. So let's see if we can get him back on the line and uh, go from there. We'll, we'll give it a whirl. I don't know what happened. Michael, we lost you. Okay, well, hang on. Let me transfer you in. Okay, well, Michael, are you there now? Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. I, I put the phone down for a second. didn't even have it in my hand when all of a sudden it went off during the commercial break. But I guess the drones are overhead. It's uh, All of our rain's cleared out of here for a while, so the drones are probably flying around again up there. But let's get back to the Democratic platform. You know, I was talking about demoralizing our military and putting our members of the military at risk fighting a politically correct war on terrorism. And yet that's what the Democrats want to continue to do. They also, I point out in the platform, want to continue to protect the Muslim religion from any scrutiny or criticism for the failure of most of its leaders to disavow the actions of Islamic jihadist terrorists. They also insist on protecting any of the mosques in this country, and this is not happening in Europe, they know better now, are protecting any of the mosques from being targeted by our intelligence community or by our police community when they suspect that there may be training going on there for jihadists or support for jihadists. Why? Because it's politically incorrect to profile people. Well, they profile Christians all the time. They profile veterans all the time. All veterans have been put on the Department of Homeland Security watch list as potential domestic terrorists simply because they're veterans. Yet a Muslim who may be suspected of being a jihadist or a jihadist sympathizer cannot be targeted unless there's absolute proof, because that's profiling. On college campuses, white students are targeted for being white, for having so-called white privilege, and therefore they're being denied the right to free speech and denied the right to politically uh, gather up and join organizations or form organizations. Blacks can basically do whatever they want. So profiling exists, but it just can't exist for those that are the true enemies of our country. We have a situation right now in this country where we are facing major terrorist attacks in the near future. Interestingly enough, just today, 
they were putting out information to bar and restaurant owners in the D.C. area, telling them how to be uh, how to be looking out for signs that they are being surveilled by potential jihadist terrorists. Because they're the soft targets. And believe me, we have a lot of soft targets here. And Obama is bringing in refugees from Syria under the cover of darkness without any vetting, not knowing who they are, and dumping them in our cities. And that includes in the D.C. area. Democrats are fine with this. Democrats are also fine as, you know, part of their party platform that they continue to provide free housing, free medical care, free food, free education, and other perks to illegal aliens while preparing plans to grant them amnesty and a, and a fast track to citizenship. <laughs> Excuse me. So they can vote Democrat. They are illegal aliens. And saying that apparently makes me totally politically incorrect because the Library of Congress has now banned that term for libraries around the country. They can't have that listed in the card catalog, in their computers. They can't list it to reference anything. Illegal aliens is a bad word, or bad words, I should say. They're supposed to be called undocumented immigrants or probably undocumented Democrats. That's probably the best way to describe them. I've heard that that term used. These are people who have broken our laws. They're in this country illegally. Our Border Patrol is being told to stand down and let more of them come in. The President has granted amnesty to over 11 million that are already here. And that, by the way, is, for, is in front of the U.S. Supreme Court. And we, of course, the United States Justice Foundation, we filed briefs in the U.S. Supreme Court uh, in support of the state of Texas and the other states in, in this case. We also filed briefs in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeal, where the case was won. So people have been asking me, well, what, what do you think is going to happen with the Supreme Court? Well, we had our people there. You know, some of my staff attorneys were there monitoring the oral arguments and uh, they sent me a transcript of the oral argument. It's very interesting because we were worried about two justices. I mean, remember there's only eight justices on the Supreme Court right now. Four of them we know are solidly democratic. They're good little Obama bots, they're good little socialists, they will march uh, in lockstep and say Ohio Obama and they are not going to cross the line and shoot down Obama's amnesty. But if the other four justices want to uphold the lower court decision, knocking the amnesty uh, order down, then that would be a 4-4 tie, and no decision would be rendered. The lower court's ruling would be in place, and the lower court's ruling stops the Obama administration from going forward. with legalizing and granting amnesty and even citizenship to these 11 million people that are here 
who've broken our laws. Two justices were of concern to us. One is obviously Kennedy, Anthony Kennedy, because he we he's a loose cannon. I mean, we never really know what he's going to do. He's supposedly a conservative justice, but he sided with the uh, four liberal justices in the uh, gay marriage case, and which was totally broke with what he'd done in the past. So we were concerned about him. And Roberts, of course, we always know is another loose cannon because Roberts doesn't like to make tough decisions, and he's twice basically on technicalities, voted to allow Obamacare to stand when it's clearly unconstitutional. So, those are the two that are concerned, of concern to us. But, in reading the transcript of the oral argument, I am feeling a lot better about it. Could be wrong. One of the two could still vote against us. But the way they were asking the questions, the comments they were making, indicated to me that they are leaning in our direction. That they do believe that this would... Well, we've lost Michael again somewhere or the other. We'll uh, get him back on the line, and right after a couple of commercials, we'll be back with you. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. And we've got Michael back on the line, so uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed that the tin can and the string don't break again. <laughs> Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. The only thing I can figure is that uh, uh, we've had some pretty severe weather in this area in the last couple of days, and it may have been one of our cell towers got got damaged or something's going on here that's causing us to go in and out. But hopefully we'll be able to finish up the show now and now. Uh, and continue to talk about the situation with the Democrat platform. And again, go to my website at www.michaelconnelly.com and you can access my blog there and you can read the article, that article and some other recent ones I've written. And you can respond to me, you can uh, contact me through that website. You can also find a link to my blog right here on the website that you use to access this show, America's Web Radio. My page, our Constitution, my show page also has it. So go ahead and, and contact me through there. Take a look at what I've written, and let's take our final break now, and then we'll uh, wrap this up. 
With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Another thing I point out in my article, in my blog about the Democrat platform, is that they're going to continue to allow their corruption in the Veterans Administration. They're going to allow it to continue without anybody being penalized or for denying veterans medical care, declaring them incompetent to handle their own financial affairs without cause and declaring them mentally incompetent, and then putting them on the next list so that they could no longer own or purchase firearms or ammunition. This is going to continue under a new administration if it's a Democrat administration. And it's getting worse as it is, because not only are they going after the veterans, and the latest figure I've heard is that 260,000 veterans have now been put on the next list, so they can't legally purchase firearms in this country. Senator Charles Grassley found out that all these veterans on this next list are veterans who have been declared mentally incompetent to the point of being a danger to themselves or others. They've been declared mentally incompetent simply because the VA has ruled that they are incapable of handling their own financial affairs for spurious reasons like minor PTSD or minor depression or letting their spouses pay the family bills, or as in the case of a couple of veterans I'm working with, because the veterans have their bills automatically paid by the bank. Chuck Rassley has determined that of the people that are on the next list under that category, 99.3% are veterans. 99.3%. So that's being done continuously. I talked last week on the show about veterans that are getting their money stolen by the fiduciaries appointed to so-called supposedly represent them. I pointed out that nobody's been fired in the VA. I think one person has been fired. Most of the people who are responsible for the deaths of veterans who cannot, still can't get medical care despite new federal law, most of the people responsible for those deaths were not fired. Some of them were put on administrative relief or administrative leave and continued to collect their pay and benefits and then were allowed to retire with full pay and benefits. Some were transferred to other places. 
in the VA, and some were actually promoted. If you believe that, that's going to continue. Democrats are also going to continue to support radical groups like Black Lives Matter and support their attacks on police and the undermining of the police to protect American citizens and themselves. The Democrats want to massively raise taxes on American citizens and businesses so more free stuff can be provided for Democratic Party to buy votes for Democratic Party candidates. They're going to continue in their push for total federal control of education through Common Core. They're going to continue their efforts to turn universities from places from places where open discussion of ideas is encouraged to institutions where left-wingers, left-wing whiners and losers can be protected from being traumatized by being exposed to anyone or anything they might disagree with. They're going to continue to release convicted criminals, including illegal aliens, into our cities and encourage our cities to provide sanctuaries for these dangerous individuals. They're going to continue to release captured Islamic terrorists from Gitmo and to not even, and to release those that are being captured on the battlefield at night because we have no place to put them. And they're going to continue with climate change. They're going to continue to attack the power industry in this country. And last but not least, they're going to continue to appoint federal judges including justices of the U.S. Supreme Court that will pursue the leftist agenda instead of protecting the constitutional constitution. That That's what's required by their oath of office. That's what's required by my oath of office when I join the military. What's required by the president's oath of office. Now, something else that I want to talk about today is the fact that I mentioned this earlier in the show that they're expanding, the federal government's expanding its efforts to take firearms away from honest American citizens by going after the senior citizens, people who receive Social Security benefits. Now, what they've done is, and I, I predicted this almost a year ago in an article, because I saw the handwriting on the wall. And then about six months ago, the Los Angeles Times came out with an article which confirmed what I'd been saying. And it's since been confirmed again by a letter to members of Congress who had written to the Social Security Administration and wanted to know if this was really going to happen. And the administration responded by saying, well, yeah, but we're not going to do it to everybody. What they're doing is if you're receiving Social Security benefits, whether for disability benefits, but particularly if you've got disability benefits coming in, that even if you have regular benefits coming in, and they somehow determine that you have a problem balancing your checkbook or you're not paying your bills on time, they are going to declare you mentally incompetent and look for somebody else to pay your bills, handle your checkbooks. Then they are going to do what they've done with the VA. The VA's done. The VA will send your name and address to the FBI, which will automatically put you in the, on the next list in the category of being mentally ill to the point of being a danger to yourself or others. Now, this is real. This is happening. Rand Paul has introduced legislation to stop this because he points out that 
there's no adjudication process required in order for you as a Social Security beneficiary to be declared mentally incompetent. Any federal bureaucrat can do it. This is how Eric Holder set it up when he was Attorney General. The law says that you have to be adjudicated to be mentally ill to the point of being a danger to yourself or others. Adjudication, while I was practicing law and I'm still practicing, has always meant that you have a hearing, an evidentiary hearing, in front of a judge, or at least an administrative judge, where you can present evidence and the government has to present evidence. That's been done away with. Eric Holder decreed that any federal employee, even a contract employee, with no training whatsoever in regard to identifying mental or emotional illness, can declare you incompetent. When I say you, I'm talking about you as a veteran or you as a Social Security beneficiary. Anyone who declared incompetent. Support Rand Paul's bill. I'm going to write to him. I just found out about it today. I'm going to write to him and offer our services from the United States Justice Foundation. One other thing I want to talk about today, and I mentioned this briefly last week, but it's become a big deal now, and that is my book, The Mortarman, which, by the way, if you go to my website, you can order a copy of The Mortarman. It's also available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, and it's available as an e-book as well as a regular paperback. Of course, I prefer you order it from me because that way I make a lot more money than if you order it through a, a bookstore. But it has now been read by some people involved in the D-Day re- reenactment at Connett, Ohio. Every summer they do this. They do it on Lake Erie. They have landing craft come in. They have pyrotechnics going off. They have tanks. They have soldiers dressed in uniforms of both Germany and the Allied soldiers like the United States and Canada. They have reenactors come in from all over the world for this thing. One of the reenactment groups contacted me there in Pennsylvania. And by the way, Conrad is only 35 miles from Erie, Pennsylvania. So we're going to be there for this. We're going to fly in because they want me to come in and offer my book for sale and talk to people about it because the book has become a big deal. And that's because even many historians, according to these people that talk to me, were not aware of the importance of the 4.2 Mortar Battalion that my dad was in, the 87th Chemical Mortar Battalion, that landed on D-Day. They were the only heavy mortar battalion on D-Day. Two others, or three others, came in later during the war, but this was the only one to land on D-Day. Thanks to firepower support on Utah Beach, and shortly thereafter, off the beach. And one of the things that was mentioned to me, it was that everybody so fascinated, is if you ever watched the TV movie Band of Brothers, which was about the 101st Airborne, you'll remember their first major battle after landing in Europe was about three or four days after D-Day, and that was at a town called Carentan, where the 101st Airborne was supposed to take it. You remember <coughs> the uh, show showing the artillery fire that was coming in in support of the 101st during that pivotal battle and, and turned the tide for them? Well, it turns out that that was not artillery. That was the 4.2 mortars. My dad's company, B Company, 
and C Company of the 87th were there. They were firing those mortars. That's what's got these people so fascinated up in Pennsylvania. So they are going to, they're reenactors, and they normally uh, reenact as a infantry platoon, but they have acquired the only licensed, live-firing 4.2 mortar in this country. And they're going to have it and ammunition, and they're going to reenact the landing of the battalion on Utah Beach. Like I said, I'm going to be there for that. The date is August August 19th through 20th. They're going to have live fire demonstrations. This is a spectacular thing. Uh, last year they had about uh, 35,000 people there. Uh, they're expecting more this year. And uh, it's they have a USO uh, reenactment and dance. It, it's really something that, that's going to be worth going to. I'm looking forward to going. And uh, if you are interested in, in going, and you need more information, let me know. Uh, drop me an email and uh, to my website, or uh, just email me at michael at usjfmail.net, and I'll send you complete information about this thing because it's something something to go and watch. And so you want to know more about what's going to be happening with that reenactment, order a copy of my book. Thank you for having me on today. I look forward to being with you again next week. And please go and read my article and send it on to other people. I don't think people are putting it together in their heads yet what we're facing, what the Democratic Party is actually planning to do to us. So read the article, get other people to read the article, because it pretty much brings it all together. Again, the website is michaelconnelly.jigsy.com. Thank you again for having me. I'll talk to you next week. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.